morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, good morrow, whatever it is to you right now. Welcome. You are tuned in to the Three Cowalaria podcast with the captain of the broadcast, LT. That's me. And if you don't know, let me explain. See, this is a podcast dedicated to discussing three opinions on topics in wrestling during the week. Now, this is pro wrestling, see? Could be anything. Could be news, it could be promos, could be matches, anything interesting during the week in the world of pro wrestling, it's going to be covered here. But see, instead of covering it and, and, and referring to it as topics or subjects, see, on this podcast, we like to refer to the way things are done in the ring. See, when a wrestler is in the ring, and his shoulders are being pinned down to the mat. The ref gets down and counts one, two, three. So on this podcast, any topic or subject is no longer that. It's now a count. And this week, coming at you today in this week with these three spicy discussion points known as counts. That's right, three we're going to be doing three this week for the three CL, for the three count Larry. But before I get into today's counts, I got to ask super important question. Just yesterday, I believe um, just yesterday, May 14th, uh, we lost the famous ECW wrestler known as New Jack. If anybody has seen the documentary done on his career by Vice Oh my gosh, stop what you're doing. Go back and look at it. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Chronicling this guy's career. One of the one of the ECW originals. And, you know, he had a troubled life. Troubled kind of past. But entertainment that he provided for a fan like myself, man, it, it's priceless. So, this week I want to pose this question. What was your favorite New Jack moment? You know, was it when was it when he jumped off? You know, uh, when he would jump off the rafters, or when he would jump off the, the stairs, and or was it was it mass transit? You know how controversial that was. You know, was it was it him coming out uh, later in TNA and destroying the the Dudley Boys? You know, was it just the way he carried himself? I mean, what was your favorite memory? New Jack. I want to celebrate his life uh, today in our intro and outro because that guy was one of a kind. But when you got your answer, just go ahead. Hit me on Twitter at LT3CL. Hit that follow button. Hit the DM. Let me know what you're thinking. Communicate with your boy. And after you hit that follow button, I'll hit that follow button right back in about eh, two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, three moons, another blue moon. We don't know, but just know I'll be back in that follow. But without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this first count right now. First counter today, first count, and right out the gate, man, got some spice coming off the bone. So this week, uh, WrestlingInc.com uh, they reported uh, that 
Velveteen Dream was backstage at Raw this week. Um, for those who may not know, let me go ahead and give you a little bit of a, a background on this guy. So Velveteen Dream was one of the, the, the fastest rising stars of the past couple of years in uh, WWE's developmental uh, brand called NXT. He was one of the fastest rising stars. Um, he would he would have these NXT pay-per-view matches, and he would mostly be on the losing side, but people would just be talking about him after the match. They wouldn't talk about who beat him. They would talk about, man, look at how good Velveteen Dream is, and look at how he hit this move, and his entrance, and his, his aura, his character. Wow, like, this guy is, you know, he's all everybody would talk about. Um... Had a couple different programs. I believe he was involved with Ricochet for a little bit, and then uh, he he had a North American title run uh, a little bit later after that. But I mean, his whole gimmick is just like think about if Gold Dust and Prince had a baby that was black. There you go. This is pretty much what he is. He was, you know, he was walking that line of am I, am I gay, am I not gay, while also doing cool moves in the ring and showing great athleticism and charisma and all that stuff. I mean, dude is just, dude was just a stud. Um, unfortunately for him, uh, he ran into a bit of trouble uh, pretty recently in the last couple of years. Uh, some allegations and things uh, pretty inappropriate uh, it came out online that he was talking to uh, a younger female I don't quite remember all the details I just know the female was either she wasn't of age or she was very very young for him to be talking to her um, and some of the things he said and some of the things he sent to her very inappropriate shouldn't have been doing that at all um so he had that going on and that's when they kind of took him off tv and kind of sat him down for a little bit um and then i believe there was a car accident as well that he was involved in uh there was also another incident i believe he was involved in that took him off for a little bit too but this is all around the same time these allegations came out and when the allegations came out he completely denied them and said no 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 like no um and said that he would be looking into it privately you know everything like that i mean that was that was a while ago um he then uh made his return a couple months after those events happened and it was a different velveteen dream it was it wasn't the same flamboyant you know kind of guy this guy just looked different the ring the ring attire wasn't the same you know the the, the promos weren't the same because when you you know regardless of whether you do something or not i mean when there's proof that you were talking to a younger girl and it's online people can see it it's kind of hard to like you know to, to root for you you know as a wrestler especially if you denied it and and then you know these things are what they are so um 
from a, a politically correct standpoint, WWE said that they did their own private investigation and didn't find anything uh, inappropriate or wrong. Um, so that's kind of why he was off the hook there. But the other inc- incidences that happened, I mean, with the car accident and I believe another incident after that with something else, I mean, it just seemed like he was out of control. Like he was just out of control dealing with some mental or some anger or something like that. So anyway, um, all of that's happened in the past, I believe, year to a year and a half. So Velveteen Dream that was tearing up on these NXT pay-per-views, um, that Velveteen Dream has been gone for a while. And this new person, this you know mixture of anger and hate and whatever is going on with him, it's been on full display. Um, last we heard about Velveteen Dream, I believe Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer Radio, he noted that he asked about uh, Velveteen Dream at one of the conference calls recently with Triple H. And Triple H said there was nothing really to say. I mean, that he was he comes in the performance center, you know, certain times. But other than that, there's nothing, nothing to say on him. Um, and then there were reports that he wasn't... Uh, then there was a most recent report that came out. Um, so Wrestling Inc. reported that Velveteen Dream was backstage at Raw. And it was interesting because it's like for so long, I mean, I, 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 I kind of forgot about him. You know, I was hoping he was, you know, doing something, you know, but I kind of forgot about him. But now I guess he's, he's being considered for a, uh, some plans on the main roster, which is great. That's awesome. That's good for him. Um, and another report was also including that he was backstage and he had just returned to the performance center uh, for training. And during this whole time, fans are kind of thinking, okay, well, he must be at the performance center training if he's not on TV or whatever. He's probably training. He just came back from whatever. So maybe he took some personal time. I don't know. I don't know the guy's life. Um, I just know that in this situation, as a diehard fan of this guy, I want to pull for him and I want him to succeed. But morally, as a fan, I need for him to step up and address these allegations. I need for him to step up and, and explain some things because it's, a, it's very muddy. You know, if, if you did something wrong, come out and say, I did this, it was wrong, I shouldn't have done it, and, and then go that route of it. Don't go the route of denying it, and then there's proof, you know, online, and, and then you're you're hiding behind WWE's flag of, oh, we did an internal investigation. What does that really mean? Like, that can mean they just said, oh, okay, we'll just lay low for a couple months and then it'll blow over. That, I mean, that seems like something they would do, you know? So, hearing that he's backstage at Raw, I'm excited. I mean, a part of me you know, was excited because I'm, I'm a fan of this guy. But if he never comes out and says anything or addresses these things, then there's always going to be a black mark on his name regardless of where he goes regardless of what company or or brand he goes to this mark will always be there so i 
I mean, I'll sum, I'll sum it up to say this. I mean, Velveteen Dream was my favorite NXT superstar. He's the reason I watched NXT. So, you know, I, I really hope that he, uh, he straightens up his act. I really hope that he addresses these allegations head on. And, and, and either has a defense or, or has an explanation. Because as a fan, I can't move forward with you and connect with you uh, uh, until I until that's done, you know. And that's just my personal point of view. But for this point, you know, only time will tell uh, what will come next. But I'll be here, so we'll see what happens. Number two, all right, so right now I'm talking to all my old hip-hop fans. I want to bring them to the front of the front of the front of the uh, line here and talk directly at them. Do y'all remember Death Row? Do y'all remember Death Row? The record label uh, on the west side. I wasn't even, I mean, I was born, I was born, uh, little bit later in the 90s so I wasn't really around for all the big stuff but I remember yeah yeah I've seen a couple things so I kind of know a little bit about it but you know Death Row wasn't nothing to mess with you know Suge Knight you know Tupac Snoop Dogg Dr. Dre you know bunch of bunch of just crazy rappers you know guys that were talented but also hey don't mess with them right so imagine Death Row as a record label. Imagine you take the ferocity of the lyrics and you take the imaginative styles and an intimidative, uh, intimidating uh, flavor, and you bring it to wrestling. What do you get? Well, I'll tell you. This week on NXT TV, um, I believe it was May 11th episode this this past Tuesday, we got that very combination. We got that very iteration of Death Row Records in wrestling. And that is this new faction known as Hit Row. Now the name, obviously, right? But let me let me paint the picture for you. So this hip-hop song's playing over the speakers. Here comes Isaiah Swerve Scott, the former Shane Strickland on the uh, on the indies. And he comes out, and he has uh, a shorter guy with him and a bigger, light-skinned guy with him. And also a super tall, uh, super, super tall woman with him with, black, with, with white braids, right? They all come out. They're all, you know, chained up, you know, styled out, looking fly. And Swerve sits in a chair that that's retrieved for him in the middle of these uh, these other three people. They all sit behind him. 
and it, it, it kind of reminded me of like a boss, like just sitting down while, you know, his, his soldiers are next to him. So anyway, so uh, Swerve starts talking, you know, about what's been on his mind these last six months. You know, he turned heel six months ago, let out this more ferocious side of Isaiah Swerve's guy. And now he is, you know, it, this is what's been on his mind, you know, to get people that think like him. Right? He says, I, I'm wanting to get people that think like me. So, that brings to the mic a newer person named Top Dollar. This is this guy's name. And the name at first sounded dumb until he explained why. He started rapping and he says, you know, from the NFL to A&E to, to USA Network, I'm making Top Dollar. This guy used to be in the NFL, uh, went to several different teams. Uh, he was He's actually currently on A&E's show about the WWE treasures or lost treasures or whatever. He's currently on that show right now. And then he's on NXT. So everything he said made sense. And I was like, you know what? Top dollar. I like him. And he asked, he said, now let me ask one question. Who better than top dollar? And everybody goes, nah, nah. It's, it's kind of it's kind of catchy, so it's cool. Then came the part of the promo that I was like, eh, whatever. So here comes this guy. I believe his name is Ashanti the Adonis. He teamed with Swerve months ago, so that's kind of why I know him. So here he comes and starts talking about, you know, I got three rules. You know, the the details is crucial, and he's pointing to what he's wearing, and then he's talking about, you know. If people mess around, they're going to get world starred. And then that's when the woman takes the mic and she starts walking and says, you can tell by how I walk, they call me B-Fab. So now her name is B-Fab. She starts talking about how she toured with Juicy J and how, you know, she's all about, you know, everything she does and how she got money and she could have stayed here and da 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 then she explains that she put a hit out on Leon Ruff, who Swerve attacked last week on NXT TV. And that's why Top Dollar came out and beat him up last week. That explains their whole group now. So Hit Row has formed their group now. And they basically said Hit Row is going to be taking over NXT. And if you don't know, now you know. And that was the end of the promo. And they walked to the back. I'm going to tell you right now. This is some of the most interesting work I've seen on NXT in a while. Some of the most interesting. I mean, and it's not just because these are are four African-American performers. But these are four performers. These are four guys. You know, four, four people coming out on TV just talking that talk, man. Like I said, imagine you take the ferocity and the rawness of Death Row and you put it in wrestling. It's Hit Row. Hit Row is the new Death Row. Hit Row, Hit Row is the Death Row of, of, of wrestling. And, I mean, I'll be watching every Tuesday to see what Hit Row does next. Because I see championship gold in their future. I see tag straps. I see North American titles. I see a women's title for B-Fab. I see, I see domination with this group. And, you 
know, just mark my words, man. Give it, give it six months. I, I see gold in their future. I can't wait. I just can't wait. Number three, number three, number three. All right. A couple weeks back, I had to have a conversation with Monday Night Raw. I had to bring them to the table. Bring them, bring them to a come to Jesus meeting, I guess. And say, hey, get better. This week, I got to bring AEW to the table. We got to have a conversation. Things got to get better. So I'm referring to the Wednesday, May 12th edition of of, uh, AEW on TNT. And what I want to discuss is the Young Bucks versus SCU. Now, this match was great. I ain't gonna lie about that. This match was great. The story being told in the match is actually a great story but let me start the broccoli the bad part so the story in, in, in this match was that SCU months ago uh, Kazarian told his partner Christopher Daniels of SCU he said, the next time that we lose, we are going to disband as a team. This is going to push us to be better. And on AEW's YouTube show, Dark, this team hasn't lost since then. But it hasn't necessarily been on AEW Dynamite television. So if you don't watch the YouTube show, you don't necessarily know what's going on. But that's another point. So, SCU has a chance to win these tag titles. And if they lose, that's the end of their, their, their tenure as a tag team. And these guys go back a long time. I mean, back to the days of TNA, uh, ROH. You know, these guys go back, especially the rivalry, the rivalry with the Young Bucks. Goes back a long time. A lot of history here. Guys, the, the guys are family friends and stuff and all kinds of stuff. So it's a lot of history here. But the Bucks are now heels, so they're the bad guys. So, like I said, the match was fantastic. It was phenomenal. Um, so many spots. So many uh, innovative maneuvers going on throughout the match. The Bucks are being heels, playing to the hard camera. Um, one incident, one thing that happened in the match is that... Dan, uh, Christopher Daniels was taken out ringside and he, a lot of heat was being given to Kazarian the, the cameras like mostly zoomed in on Kazarian and when they go to the camera that's next to Christopher Daniels you can see Christopher Daniels is now like busted open he's bleeding and you can see like the blade that he used is like right next to him so it was kind of like, come on, AEW, like, get your stuff together. Like, I can see what you're doing, like, you know, but I don't want to nitpick. Anyway, so seeing that, it was kind of like, uh, I don't know. 
but uh, the match was really good. A lot of good near falls. Uh, Kazarian hit a Styles Clash, which was good for all people who were involved because everybody there knows AJ Styles. So it was cool to see that. But the finish comes. Uh, the Bucks win the match. And SCU is done as a team. It's over. They, they're done. They have to now disband as a team. And this is a moment that was huge. Um, I feel like this match should have been on pay-per-view or something because if you're planning on breaking this team up, I mean, give it the time it deserves. Let the fans, uh, you know, chant these guys out the building. Let them, you know, give them that SCU chant, you know, because they've broken up as a tag team. What are they going to do now? You know, this is a big moment. And instead... I don't know who was formatting the, the television show, but instead they cut to the backstage area and now John Moxley and Eddie Kingston are tearing up the locker room of the Young Bucks and I and that's the next program. So they didn't even let the moment marinate. They just cut to the next thing they wanted to do. So it was real like, I don't know, as a fan, I was kind of like, come on. Like, I, I wanted to feel... Um, for a tag team that I grew up watching breaking up, but I can't even feel that emotion because you're cutting to the next program you really want to push. You got this crap out the way. Now let's get to what we want to do. That's what it seemed like. It seemed kind of like a throwaway kind of deal. And, you know, I'd call WWE out for, for doing stuff like this. I've done it before. So I have to do the same with AEW. You can't just, you know push things like that because this is what you want to do you got fans who really really care about this tag team and want to celebrate them you know like I said chant them out of the building you know Uh, pay their respects but instead you move to a backstage segment and now you're booking that tag team versus the Bucks like okay I'm excited for that but can we can we let the moment marinate and I guess to add uh, a little bit more detail to that as far as TV formatting goes, I heard earlier this week um, Jim Cornette was doing his podcast and he was talking about apparently QT Marshall did an interview and QT I guess is one of the uh, higher ups in the backstage area. QT does the the TV formatting along with Tony Khan and some others and QT was basically explaining that he's never done television formatting Um, he's still learning right now about booking things in certain areas you know you can't book a a brawl in the parking lot and then right after that you come back and there's a brawl in the ring and then after that you come back and there's a brawl in the backstage area like, it has to be, you know, ebbs and flows, you know, it's a certain type of balance, you know, match, promo, backstage segment, you know, come back to commercial, okay, now we're on a match, okay, now we're on a promo, okay, uh, now we're doing uh, something else here, like, it has to have different kind of flows, it can't be the same thing back and forth, and it's also, you kind of have to know how to let things marinate and sit and okay if i know i'm going to commercial here let's plan to have this be this much time so that we can have this do this like or you know what i'm saying 
I'm not saying I know how to format TV. I don't. I'm just saying now that I see who's doing what, who's doing what behind the scenes, I kind of can see why this wasn't given the amount of time that you would think would be given to a big moment like this. I can see why it wasn't done. Not saying it's okay though. I can see why it wasn't done. Anyway, to summarize this count, um, AW man, we gotta do better. Okay, I'm excited for what what, what what everything coming up. I'm excited, but we gotta do better. Come on, we gotta do better. We gotta do better. Love, I love AW. Every week they got something great. It's entertaining, you know. Uh, my gripe with them is not the same as with WWE. AEW is entertaining. They might mess up here and there. You know, you saw Christopher Daniels' blade on the ground, you know, last week or week two weeks beforehand. You know, Chris Jericho goes off the top of the cage and falls on a crash mat, right? There's stuff like that. But the difference is they're still entertaining, if your show doesn't entertain me, then the small crap that I do see that takes me out of the moment is going to annoy me even more, which is why I have my beef with WWE with certain things. So, just explaining my uh, my spectrum there. But, like I said, AEW, let's do better because the fans are pulling for you. I'm out here leading the charge. So, let's do better. That is it. We have completed three counts, three spicy, spicy counts, and we got them all done. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in, coming out, pulling up, politicking with your boy. I appreciate it. But I want to summarize today's points, today's counts. It was just beautiful. You know, from the first one, you know, Velveteen Dream possibly getting another shot. You know, I, I hope he, you know, got some help or you know, is dealing with his issues, and hopefully he'll come out and get in front of him. Uh, you know, Hit Row is the new the new death row uh, in wrestling, and it's great, and I can't wait to see what happens. And hopefully AEW learns from their production mistakes, and we can get moments that last. So I hope everything, you know, turns out well for the better, because like I said, AEW fans, we're pulling... We're pulling for this company, man. We're pulling for them. But I want to address the question that I posed in the beginning of the podcast. And that was, what was your favorite, favorite New Jack moment? Like I said, we just recently lost uh, New Jack, the wrestler, uh, yesterday uh, to a heart attack, I believe. And it's, I mean, it's crazy to think about that, you know, New Jack passing away, but He lived a pretty dangerous life, so, you know, I hope he's doing, I hope the family is doing really well, um, uh, my prayers are definitely with them, um, but as for, you know, my answer, my favorite New Jack moment, I mean, there's so many, but it has to be the promo on ECW television where he's talking to, uh, one of the, 
he's talking to the camera and he has him out in like New York and he's just talking straight to the camera. He goes on and and like has cuts a promo for at least like six or seven minutes straight and you know talks about you know I am the original gangster. You know I ain't gonna sit here. I ain't, I ain't gonna sing about it. I ain't gonna rap about it. It's what I do. You know you don't like what I'm doing? Turn channel. Watch the fake shit. You know it, 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 it's just so funny because that was him. Every day that he lived his life, he lived it like a shoot. He lived it that like, like it was real. When he was in the ring with somebody, he knew how to work. But if they if they pissed him off, he could turn that switch and cut him open with a knife. And that's just what he was. He was that crazy dude, but we loved him. And like I said, prayers to the family, man. But enough about my answer. I want to know what yours is. Like I said, go ahead and hit me up on Twitter at LT3CL. Hit that follow button. I'll follow you right back. But let me know you're out there. Let me know you're pulling up and politicking with your boy. But until next time, until we meet again for another edition of these crazy, crazy counts, I want to remind everybody that when life comes for you and when life, you know, bounces up against the ropes, runs at you, and takes you down with a lariat. Make sure to kick out before that three count. Peace.